Thank the Lord. We've got good news, don't we? Amen. That's for sure. Jeremiah chapter number 18. Time my message is America, clay in the potter's hands. America, clay in the potter's hands. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, help me now as I preach. God, give us the hearts of God's people as we give our heart and our, our voice to this message. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you breathe upon it. Lord, our, just our concern today is uh, a concern that you can make right. And Father, I pray that your will be done in our lives, in our nation. So Father, bless. And we'll thank you, Lord. If there's somebody not saved, I pray they get saved today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I had a blessing yesterday out soul winning. The last house we went to, or no, I'm sorry, not the last house. Well, the last house we went to, the man got saved. That was a blessing. That was a real blessing there. But uh, something was also neat, too, was uh, a couple of houses before that uh, was pulling up this real steep lane. The man walked out, and he kind of looked like, what are you doing here? You know, and I told, I, I told the folks uh, the, that was with me, I said, uh, the ladies, I said, you stay here. I'll go out there. I figure I'll sacrifice my life uh, for them. And, uh, uh, but uh, I, I got out and started talking to the man, and he said, yeah, he goes to church. He told me where he went to church, and between two churches. And then uh, I asked him, you know, after we talked a little bit, I said, let me ask you this. If you die today, you know you go to heaven. And he looked at me, and he said, do you? I said, yes, I do. He said, I'll meet you there. I said, well, amen. I said, you know, so you know, you know, I'm dumb. I go, so you know you're saved. He goes, yes. He goes, yeah, I got saved 1990 down at the Bill Rice Ranch. I'm like, no way. I thought I was the only one who had that story. And, uh, uh, but he got saved down at the Bill Rice Ranch. And, uh, uh, and then I said, he, he went to the school. You went to the Christian school, Seth. And I said, do you know Seth Martell? And then I didn't know if he was going to punch me or hug me. I didn't know what was going to happen. And he looked and he says, um, I think he was two years behind me. And I said, yeah, he's pretty slow. And, uh, <laughs> but he, went to, he was in the class with your brother, I think. His name was Matthew something. I can't remember what it was. Huh? Yeah, that's it. Matthew Weingartner. That was who it was. So he didn't say he was slow, but I didn't either, but I thought it. All righty. But uh, I, I'm, I'm glad people can get saved. I'm glad folks who know the Lord, amen. And it, but it's pretty neat to find out someone got saved same place you did, amen, down in Tennessee. And uh, I was born up north, but I had to go down south to get saved, amen. And so what did I do? I came back north again. Thank the Lord. Well, we're talking about America. And uh, the text that we just read here this morning is uh, uh, about the nation of Israel. And uh, don't let that scare you, though, because I believe God has some truth for us, too. And uh, I believe it can be applied to us as individuals and also to our nation, the United States of America. I believe the beginning of our, our nation uh, was in the hand of the Lord. Uh, I believe that, uh, you know, uh, people began to come to uh, this country of ours before it was really established as a country. Of course, they began to come over in the 1400s and uh, to explore a little bit about in America and uh, I know that some people came for the, the things that were here. And I'm not talking about the freedom, but they didn't really come necessarily for freedom. But they came for what uh, minerals there were or different things like that. And, and uh, they came uh, uh, looking for some things uh, uh, like, like that. But uh, many people came to America for God. 
Now, that didn't mean God lived here, but they wanted a freedom to worship God according to this blessed book that we have today. They wanted that freedom to worship, and I thought, boy, wouldn't it be something if people in America would take the freedom to worship and apply it in their lives? But as I, sit, as I stand here and you sit here, the highway behind is a road there, and the road there is cars keep going up and down of folks that are not taking advantage of the freedom that we have. They came, though, to escape the tyranny of the English kings. They came to escape the religious persecution that they were going through that was very rampant in the British Isles and in Europe. But through it all, God did something, and I believe as we read in verse number 3, in the last part, but I'll read the whole verse, says, Then I went down to the potter's house, behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. I believe that God established the United States of America. I believe God's hand was upon it, like the potter's hand was upon the clay. Previous to the founding of our great nation, there were only two kinds of government. There was a theocracy, which was the rule of God. There was also uh, the, 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 the dictatorship, the rule of men. But on July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was signed by 56 men in Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And what they did, they began the first republic being reformed, being formed. You see, we oftentimes we talk about a democracy. But that's not what our nation was founded to be, a democracy. It was founded to be a republic. And there is a difference. We won't get into it now. But when that happened, the result was a revolutionary war. And that, that, that uh, resulted in Americans severing their relationship from the dictatorship of England. Nowhere in the world, really, uh, now, or I should say now, every world power has either a theocracy or a dictatorship of some, some sort. But the newly, the newly formed republic was called by many the great experiment. And, 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 and this had never been done before. And some great men got together there and established the republic. And in 1787, the founding fathers of the newly formed public republic hammered out the U.S. Constitution in that same hall, the Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Now we sit here on November 12th. 2023. We just talked about how it began. And I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I believe America's in bad shape. I hope I'm wrong, but to me it almost looks like the beginning of the end of that experiment. I've never seen a time like we live in today. I don't understand how people can be the way they are. The, what's supposed to be, what happens in Washington, D.C. Is, is pitiful. What's happened on the streets of America is pitiful. Can a sinful 
man retain, can a sinful people retain republic without God? I believe the answer is no. We're living in a time where most people, I guess I could say that, don't want God. Or will not say it out loud. We're living in a time where it's, give me everything else, but God leave me alone. I believe America, the potter's vessel, was a utopia of the world. I think there's a lot of people that still look to America as the place they want to come to. We see the immigration system that's a mess. It is amazing so many people want to come here. But we that live here see what's happening in America. How that things are eroding, even our freedoms are eroding as we speak. America was the place that God, I believe, used to carry the gospel all over the world. America was a place where missionaries left from this, these, these, these beautiful shores and went to many other nations to reach people for Christ. It was America who sent the missionaries. It was a symbol of freedom. And now it's become marred in the potter's hands. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And I believe he penned these words under the inspiration of God of the Holy Spirit as he wept over the nation of Israel's spiritual condition. Lamentations 3, 48 through 51, let me read it to you, says this. Mine eye runneth down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without any intermission. Till the Lord looked down and behold from heaven, mine eye affecteth mine heart because all the daughters of my city. The weeping prophet Jeremiah, he went because of the condition of the land. I'll be honest with you. If we take a good look at what's happening in America, it ought to make us weep today. The Bible says in Psalm 144, 15, happy is the people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. I've never seen so much hatred as we see today. It's running rampant, isn't it? Nobody's safe anymore. Not just in the big cities, it happens everywhere. And I'm thinking, you know, what a, what a mess there. But of course, I understand why. Because happy is the people whose God is the Lord. If anybody ought to be happy today, it ought to be us. You say, but preacher, you talk about it being kind of gloomy. The outlook is gloomy for our nation. But this world is not my home. Just passing through. One of these days that rapture is going to take place. We're going to rise to be with the Lord. They can have this building. They can have those vehicles out there. They can have our houses. They can have all the riches that we've gathered on this life. We'll go to a place where the streets are paved with gold. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. If that's true, and it is, then unhappy is the people whose God is not the Lord. There's a lot of people in the world who, have, who reject Jesus Christ. 
And you look at those nations, unhappy nations, cruel, vile, mean, because they don't know the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, when you have the Lord, it'll make you happy. It'll give you peace. I believe America's searching for happiness and fulfillment. But they're searching for happiness and fulfillment in the liquor bottle. Everywhere you go today, liquor's being served. You know, when you go out soul winning and in houses I've been in and just recently and go to the house and the porch is full of liquor bottles and, 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 and beer cans. I was in a house not long ago and again, everything had, had, had signs for liquor and, and, and I sat down at a table to talk to a man and had an ashtray about that big around just full of cigarettes, cigarette butts. I'm thinking, you know, our nation's a mess. Looking for happiness in all the vices that are out there today. We look at people with unfulfilled lives. We see people in de uh, uh, deepening in sinfulness, leading, I believe, to an ultimate implosion. Ladies and gentlemen, America better wake up because God doesn't owe us. America better wake up or it's going to be too late. I thank God for those who have served. You know, really I fear, I fear those that are serving right now, what may end up happening. Because we forgot God. Our nations become very immoral. Our nations become very insensitive to the things of God. Well, we're sensitive today. You've got to call me by the right pronoun. Now, I hope none of you are having a problem with what pronoun to call me. I'm a man. Pretty well can tell that. And I can tell in this room, you all look, you, you all look like men, not you ladies. But I can tell the difference between the two, can't you? Sure. Now we've got people that, there are all these different genders today. Bunch of hogwash. You say, where did they come up with that? Start a long time ago when they started teaching the boys and girls that you, God didn't create you. You came by way of evolution. Morality, morality is a thing of the past. Sexual immorality is rampant today. Sodomy. Drugs. Drinking. Lawlessness permeate our land today. Stores are closing up today because of lawlessness. People are moving out of states because of lawlessness. I told the story this morning about a man, I just read it this morning, that these two guys came in his gated community and jumped the fence and pulled a gun out on them. Two of them pulled guns out on them. We live in a time now where young people feel like they are, uh, they have the, uh, uh, if they want something, just steal it because these corporations owe them so much lawlessness. Murder has become an accepted form of birth control. Did you hear what I said? Murder is the, is the method of birth control today. Just kill that baby. 
I thought it was interesting that all the elections that took place this past week, and they said one of the problems was because of the stand so many Republicans had against abortion, and they weren't elected. That tells you how evil our nation is becoming. They think they have the right to kill the little babies, and they even think they have a right to kill the elderly. They don't have any right to kill any of us. We have a right to live till God takes us home. But we see it. We can see America sinking into the mire of apathy and despair today. But the thing is, it didn't just start happening. This has been something that's been going on for a long time. I remember you've heard me say, my preacher, Brother Howes, used to warn about this, these things that we see right today. My wife, she grew up in the same church I did, and she could tell you, I'm not making this up, but I remember him preaching about what would happen someday, and we're living in that someday today. Back in the 60s, he was telling us about what was going to happen, about the, the sodomites, the homosexuality, and about what was going to be happening, and about our nation. He said about these things are going to happen, and you know what? Oftentimes we sat there and thought, oh, that'll never happen, and here it is happening. We were warned. Thank God for the old preachers of long ago that warned about it. But how sad it is there wasn't enough people sitting in the pews that believed it. We went ahead, we listened to it in church, and then sent our children off to the universities to be polluted. We sent them to the public school to be messed up. You say, but preacher, it's not that bad. When you teach a child he was, that they came by way of evolution, you're messing a child up. And now they're doing even much more than that. They're telling our children, hey, if you think you're a little boy, you think you're a girl, we won't tell mommy and daddy. We'll work with you. We'll call you a girl. And you can dress. Let me tell you something. That is out of the pit of hell. We were warned about it. A preacher used to say the homosexuals would walk down the streets proud. Have you ever heard of Pride Week? Now we're Pride Year. families are in sad shape the man thinks he has the answer proverbs 16 25 there's a way that seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death our families are in sad shape our families are filled with division and divorce i believe god wants us to stay married amen I think we may, you know, stop. we need to go back to the time when we, had, when we got married. We said, till death do us part. We made a promise to God. He said, well, we can't get, a, get, get along. Well, you better start getting along. Amen. You say, here, here, you say, well, how do I do it? Well, first thing is get in church. You know, it's not going to work if one's in church and one's not in church. You've got to get in church and get under the word of God. And you know what? God can keep your marriage together. Amen. Now, if it, ha- if it messed up one time, I understand. But let me tell you something, especially young folks today. Understand, it doesn't have to be that way. Now they say there's less divorce happening. You know why? Because people are living together and not getting married. That's still sin. And by the way, it don't matter how old you are at sin if you're not married. Just saying, amen, seniors. Yeah. You know, senior citizens have this idea, well, it's okay. I remember a man talked to me one time and said, well, you know, since we were, we were both married one time, it don't matter. I said, you're not married now. It do matter, amen. It does. 
Our homes are out of order. Our homes ought to be this way. God, the dad, the mom, the children. That's God's order. You know what it is now? The children, the mom, the dad, and then God. No wonder we've got a mess. I was talking to a man not long ago. Nice man. Nice man. Saved man. He's got four or five kids. I'm not sure how many now. I, think, I know four, might be five. And I was talking, talking to him one day, and he says, yeah, he goes, uh, yeah, I used, you know, I was in church all the time, and he goes, but we got really busy with business and, and working, and uh, I've just kind of set God to the side for a while. I said, you need to get back in the right place with God. You know what he's going to do? Destroy his family. He's a nice man, but you don't push God to the side. Look at our nation today, what I'm talking about here. I know our homes are in sad shape, but our church is in sad shape too. Both apostasy and apathy. Our pulpits are compromised. You can't even find, I'm telling you what, there are more women in the ministry today than, than probably ever before. And let me tell you something, that is not Bible. The husband of one wife don't happen. You say, but, but she's really nice. She may be a nice lady, but she is not to be the pastor of a church. And if you compromise on that, you'll compromise on everything else too. Our pulpits are compromised. And then you even got some fellows in there. They're more like a girl than they are a man. Huh? They got to wear the robe. I don't know about you, but I don't wear anything that looks like a dress. Amen? You know, I don't even have a bathrobe. I don't even want to wear a bathrobe. He said, what do you do? Put my britches on. <laughs> Amen. You laugh at it. Go ahead. That's all right. But hey, man, put your britches on. You don't have to walk around in the bathrobe showing your hairy legs off. Amen. Just saying. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. I know some of you right now saying, I'm no, I'm sure it wasn't. But the pews are cold. And the people become calloused. You have to beg people to say amen. In State College yesterday, 110,000 people didn't sit like we sit in our church today. Now, I'm not saying paint your faces. Well, ladies, a little paint might help. I'm saying this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God's pretty much become an outcast. In the churches today, it's more important to be involved in community, community events than in the church services themselves or reaching the lost for Christ. I don't know about you, but I, I cannot tell you the only people that's ever been my door where I live for 25 years now, the only people that ever came to my door, knocked on my door, was either friends or Jehovah's Witness. Where's God's people today? One time the house Mark lives in, a lady was sitting on the porch. She lived there first. I remember walked up to, up to her, and I told her I was. She goes, oh, I'm glad you're from the Heritage Baptist Church. Because she said, I figured you're either Heritage Baptist or the Church of Mormons. And she said, and she had a little booklet there on how to deal with Mormons under this under little shawl that she had on her lap. 
But isn't it sad that the only ones knocking on doors pretty much is just the Heritage Baptists and the Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, there are some, they'll go out once in a while and they'll pass out a track somewhere. But I'll tell you what, you're hard to find people to go out and say, listen, if you die today, do you know you go to heaven? The Bible says in Psalm 9, 17, the wicked shall be turned to hell and all the nations that forget God. So can God help America? I, I, I say this, yes. But America must be willing. You say, preacher, what can we do? Let me give you a couple things real quick. Number one, we need to intercede for our nation. We need to intercede for our nation. 1 Timothy 2.1 says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for the kings and for all in authority, that ye may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. You're talking about supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and giving thanks. What? We need to, you, know, you know what we need to start doing? We need to start praying for Mr. Biden. Don't pray that he falls again. He'll do that on his own. But I wonder, when was the last time we prayed, said, Dear Lord, give Joe Biden some sense. God, give him some wisdom. God, help him do what's right. God, I pray for the House. I pray for the Senate today. God, so many people yelling and screaming and cursing each other and acting like a bunch of idiots. God, I pray, God, give them civility. Give them, give them, God, a fear of God once again. Give us some people that will be a part of our nation that will desire to be one nation under God. What if we prayed for them? What if we prayed for them? We need to be a light in the darkness of our nation. 2 Corinthians 4, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord in ourselves and your servants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6 says, for God who commanded, commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's not hard to make yourself known when you're in the dark with just a little bitty light. I've got a little, little thing in my room, gun room there. And it has a little, one of those little night light lights. You know, was it five watt, maybe something like that, two watt? You know, you don't notice it at daytime. But at night, when it's dark, you see it. We're living in a dark time, ladies and gentlemen. It ought to be that we as Americans ought to shine like a bright light, but we can't hardly get a spark today. That's why our churches are closing down on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights where it doesn't matter anymore. It's getting darker and darker. And we just have, you know, we have this idea if they'll get the economy on track, we'll be all right. No, we won't. We'll just forget church more. You know, there was a day when people didn't have much and look forward to Sunday. They went to church. They put on their Sunday go-to-meeting clothes. He went down to a church where a preacher hauled off and preached the word of God, thundered it out. I thought about what happened. Why, why, why are there not great revival meetings like there used to be with, with Moody and, and Billy Sunday and, and where, where towns would close down? But, you know, you think about it. They didn't have the Internet. They didn't have TV. They had God, though. 
And then all of a sudden we traded God in for the internet. We traded God in for the TV and our telephones. And now we don't have time for God. You know, on smartphones today, they'll tell you how long you've been on them. Keep track how much time you're in the Word of God. See which one gets more attention. Amen. We need to be proactive in our politics. Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God. And you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You say, preacher, what do you mean by proactive in our politics? I believe this, we ought to be vocal. Sometimes people say, well, you know what? I don't think you don't talk politics when you get in church. Now, I'm not talking politics, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to blab about things that are wrong in our nation. And when we got stupid folks that are trying to make rules and saying, well, you can kill babies even after they're born. If they're, they're born, you don't think they're pretty enough, you can kill them. That's pretty much what they're thinking today. You know, well, the kid's got some deformity. Might as well kill them. What a shame. We need to be proactive. What's that mean? That's a verse I quoted to you a little bit ago in Psalm 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We as God's people need to speak up what's right. You know, you know, right now, as we speak, there's a bunch of people that are, are in, I think it's Germany, and they're, they're rallying around Hamas and the Palestinians. In New York City, they did that. All across the United States of America. And I'm thinking, you know, they're willing to stand out there and protest, and I can get... Most churches could get a handful of people to go witness to people about Jesus Christ. I said 100,000 people. America's in bad shape. The clay on the potter's wheel has been marred. What else can we do? We can be hopeful. Second Chronicles 7.14 if my people, there's a key right there. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their what? Land. We as God's people can't get past the first part. Humble ourselves. Pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. Can the potter make another vessel of America upon his wheel? Yes. Yes, God can. I believe he's ready to remold the clay. God's able to. Here's where I'm not too sure about. I'm not sure America wants to be remade. I'm not too sure. Chapter 19 of Jeremiah, if you still have your Bible open, if you'll turn over there to chapter 19 and verse number 3. 19.3 says, And say, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, 
Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring evil upon his, this place. The which whosoever heareth his ears shall tingle, because they have forsaken me and have estranged this place, and have burned incense in it unto other gods, whom neither they nor, nor their fathers, nor, neither they nor their fathers have, no, have known, nor the kings of Judah, and have filled this place with the blood of innocence. Ladies and gentlemen, that sounds to me like America. Look what it says in verse 5. They've built also the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. Look at verse number 8. And I'll make this city desolate and a hissing. Every one that passeth thereby shall be astonished and hiss because of the plagues thereof. Verse 11. And shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people and this city as one breaketh a potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again. And they shall bury them in Tophet till there be no place to bury. What we find here, God said, you know what? You want to go your own way? God said, I'll bury you, didn't he? He said, I'll allow these things to happen. I believe we're asking for it today. Now, I don't want you to go home discouraged because we're on the Lord's side. And I read the end of the book and we're the victors. But I'm not so sure America's going to be the victor. Unless America wakes up. America's in a mess today. But that mess can be made brand new on the potter's wheel. If America wants to. I, for one, am one that wants God to make it right. I want our nation to turn around. But I'm not so sure our nation wants to. I'll tell you this, before it's all gone, we'll be with him. But let's not give up ship yet. Let's keep praying. Let's keep going. Let's keep telling Let's keep our families and ourselves in church and right with God. Remember what he said in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people, let us be God's people today. Be the people we ought to be. And God said, I'll do this for you. I'll heal your land. Wouldn't it be great to see a great revival come? It's never going to happen to the other part of that verse takes place. I love America. And I'm mad at what they're doing in America. And I pray for America every day, don't you? And God would bless it once again. I'm not leaving it. I'm not going to another nation. I just don't understand what's happening today. Oh, I guess I do. We're living in a place that's forgotten God. How could be there's so many people go out and try to support Hamas? 
They forgot God. They forgot God. Let's pray for America. That it be the America God wants it to be. It's a mess, but God could see a piece of clay that's marred and remake it and make it beautiful again. I ask you something this morning. Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Are you his people? You say, I was born in America. I didn't, that don't make you going to heaven. I grew up in church. Don't make you going to heaven because you grew up in church. You've got to be born again. Was there a time in your life you accepted Jesus as your Savior? If you're not sure, today would be a great day to be sure of that. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, I, I know it's kind of bleak and kind of gloomy, but Lord, when we stop and think, though, that we have you, Lord, you can take care of us in this time. And, and Lord, we, we don't need to go running scared. We just need to run to our knees, to fall on our knees and ask you to bless once again. Oh, Lord, the song says, I need thee every hour. Oh, how true that is today, too. We need you so bad. God, you didn't say if all the people, you said if thy people will humble themselves and pray. Oh, God, help us as Christians to be humble enough to pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. I wonder with our heads bowed or eyes closed, you're here this morning, you're not sure of salvation. I want to be someone this morning and say, Preacher, I don't know I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I'm not sure that I'm saved, but I'd like to know that. I don't know, but I'd like to know. Christian, today, I think we're all in agreement. Our nation's quite a mess. But our grumbling and griping about it won't make it better. We've got to be a people that will humble ourselves. The first step. Humble yourselves, and God can remake that messed up clump of clay. Father, bless this time together, Lord, what we've talked about. Pray you bless our nation. Lord, help us be a people that will listen to Second Chronicles. Lord, that we would do what it said. Father, help us now in this invitation time to make the right decisions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.